What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the You Know Ball Podcast. I am your host, Tro Bro Dude. And before we get into anything else, let's talk about our sponsors from Underdog Fantasy, the newest and best place to play fantasy sports and win big prizes. If you have not signed up yet for Underdog, sign up today using the promo code SLOP, that's S-L-O-P, or use the link in the description to get a $100 deposit match that you can use on their NBA Pick'em on any given night and win up to 20 times your money. You have to go higher or lower on your favorite player stats, and you can win money on any given night in the NBA. And we only have about two months left in the NBA season, a little bit under that even. So I will be streaming on playback way more often. So for those nights, uh, like for example, I'm going live tomorrow for the Sixers Grizzlies. Also going to be doing Sixers Celtics. Basically, almost every Sixers game from here on out, I will be streaming. Also might do Kevin Durant's return on Sunday as he plays, or sorry, not Sunday, next week. So uh, if you have not already, follow playback. Link is in the description. We'll be doing fantasy drafts on underdogs for some of those big nights as well. So you can play against me. You can play against other You Know Ball listeners. You can play against your friends. You can play against the public. So once again, promo code SLOP. Sign up for there. Follow me on playback. All right. So... And we're back. This is the, right after the promo. Nothing got cut just now. No, nothing was edited out. Nothing we're edited clean, out. A clean cut here. A clean cut. I'm not off to a hot start. <laughs> I didn't already give Trill something to edit out of the podcast less than one minute in. Let's go. Um, so we have we have the, the home stretch coming here for the regular season. And while most of the buyout slop has passed, the trade slop is all done. We do have some coach slot today. Nate McMillan fired from the Atlanta Hawks. If you've been following this, we've talked about it a little bit on the podcast, but I don't know about you, but I thought it was a little bit funny that they were like, there was an article that came out today that was basically like Nate McMillan asked multiple times to like leave. And they were like, no, wait, just wait until after the season. Like they didn't want to do like a mid season coach replacement, and now uh, they just went ahead and fired him after having basically a week off of games. God damn, dude. Poor Nate. I feel kind of bad for him. Like, that team really does run on, like, the like the blood of coaches. Like, it is crazy. <laughs> like, Trey Young, they, they, like, will be the five seed now. I, 100%. Like, positive, yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Just, Another just, Eastern Conference Finals run coming. Yeah. Joe Prenti. Um, who famously took the Celtics to seven, one of the only coaches to take the Celtics to seven. So, who genius Joe Pronti? What year with the Bucks, with the Bucks that year? year oh round my god, one. year round one, yeah, yeah, that was the the Terry Rozier Eric Bledsoe series, yes, exactly, yeah. yeah, very close series, uh, yeah, and then uh, the next series didn't happen because this is a Sixers podcast, yeah, no, I don't. They went right to the conference finals. Nothing exactly. In between. Yep. Yeah. 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 No. Yep. No. De- definitely didn't. Definitely yeah. didn't happen. We did. We definitely didn't. You know, fucking have to start T.J. McConnell in Game Four and some, some really desperate act of trying to save uh, uh, the embarrassment of the series or anything like that. Yeah. Well, also, Marcus just... Smart traveled, by the way, on the last. <laughs> I mean, what we have to remember is it was Brett Brown's fault because yeah. they're not in Doc Rivers and it's been fine ever since. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, we could blame – I'll blame Ben Simmons and Robert Covington for that series. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> it's a convenient excuse. They're not on the team anymore either, yeah, so we can blame exactly. them. But – so Nate oh – God, I didn't even realize that he was the interim head coach. So he's back yeah. to being an interim head coach. 
uh, Joe Prunty. Uh, the so the Hawks obviously, as you said, run on the blood of coaches. I don't really <laughs> know. I don't really know what to make of this. Like from a, I, I kind of look at it more interesting in the long term as opposed to the short term. What I did find weird is that it sounded like they said they're basically going to do a head coach search immediately, which for in-season stuff is pretty rare. It's usually interim coach till the end of the season. Then, you know, you can kind of see where you are as a team and then hire someone. I know who you're thinking of, aren't you? I was going to say, there is a guy who is available, who recently recently became became available, who has um, a history of turning a team around mid-season. so a recent history, a very recent one, as, as some would say, in the last calendar year. Year, yeah, it was like literally this time last year. Um, now, is there anything else going on with him? Uh, who's to say? But, well, Haw- you know, well, Hawks ownership has not had a problem with those kind of things in the past. Yes, I guess that's true. So, uh, yeah, congratulations <laughs> to Ime. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, what other landing spot? That's actually like not if. That his hard ass style might actually like work for the Hawks, to be honest. Like, you know, just speaking purely from a basketball perspective, that would right. be that would probably be like not a bad choice, you know? Like maybe and the fact that we still don't the- know what happened there makes me think like just from a probably just like a moral standing standpoint, we probably just shouldn't uh have him coach anywhere until more information like, yeah. if information ever does come uh, uh, around uh but it does sound like some kind of weird stuff happened there but from a basketball yeah. standpoint you they did say in the release basically to Woj they were like <laughs> I don't know if you saw the tweet but it was like uh-huh. they're looking for someone who will develop pl- young players mm-hmm. uh, uh instill accountability and lead the team to a top 10 offense and defense. I was like, oh, that's it? Oh, yeah, that last one's <laughs> easy, buddy. Woo. All well, three of those things when, like, those are the pillars of pretty much any <laughs> great coach. Yeah, I was going to say, that's like literally two guys who don't have a job right now. <laughs> and, like Quinn Snyder and, and eBay. Yeah, that, like, so. that was, and Quinn Snyder was their number one target. Right. And I don't know, like, is that a good idea to bring... Quinn Snyder and some of his rumored habits into Atlanta. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I mean, I who's to say? I mean, I'm just saying, like, he would love the club scene. Let me just say <laughs> Qu- Quinn, Quinn getting to practice, <laughs> getting to practice at 5 a.m. And it's like, wow, coach, you're here early. And he's like, oh, yeah, shit. Um, absolutely. I'm ready, for, ready yeah. to start. Sorry, I, I was I was out late last night. I, I had a I went on a road trip. I was hanging out with Pat Riley in South Beach. <laughs> I just took a quick spin down to Miami. Um, oh God, what are we talking about? Oh yeah, pick and roll defense. All right, let's fucking go. Let's go. Uh, boy, is that such such your girlfriend? Oh, she looks awesome. Anyway, yeah, pick and roll defense. Let's go. Um, Allegedly, this is all alleged. This is all jokes. Every all, everything here is a parody satire. It's not parody satire. Allegedly, <laughs> there's nothing you can sue us for. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, so quick. I yeah. So Quinn Snyder's the main target, right? The the reason I said I I'm more interested in it long term is because the hire will tell me a lot. Like for example, Kenny Atkinson was also on that list. Yeah. If they hire Kenny Atkinson. Then I think it might say something about where the organization is headed with 
Trey Young and DeJounte yeah. Murray yeah. and the guys currently on the team, uh, especially some of the older veterans like them to Capella, Bogdanovich. Whereas if they were to get Quinn Snyder, he's definitely more of a, like Kenny Atkinson's short track record in Brooklyn was basically scrappy, young, fun team, accountability, player development, right? Quinn Snyder has more of a proven track record of getting, you know, he's one coach of the year. He's had that top 10 offense and defense in Utah. Now, maybe some of it was built on a Ponzi scheme of, you know, putting all these really good offensive players around Rudy Gobert and, uh, you know, funneling the entire defense to, uh, you know, through him Mm -hmm. and uh, kind of covering up some of his offensive limitations. But, regardless, he's been a very good regular season coach in the NBA. Now, playoff stuff, it's a little bit patchy, but if you're the Hawks, you really only care about getting into the playoffs at this point. And this is kind of the position they were in a few years ago as well. Well, I guess the thing with Quinn Snyder's, he has a proven track record of inventing schemes around guys who are one way, very, you know, because that's the thing, you know, I I wouldn't put any of the playoff stuff on Quinn. I mean, what the fuck were you going to do with Rudy Gobert out there? Like, you know, like that, you know, I, I was joke. I was doing jokes before, but he's actually, I think he's like a very strong head coach. Like, yeah. You know, like I think he's like one of these like top 10, top 15 guys in the league who like probably should have a job over like some of these other guys in the league, you know? So I, I um, like Tom Thibodeau or someone like that. I mean, I guess Tibbs has the Knicks playing pretty well, but I don't know. Like guys like that, like the the Stan Van Gundy hires some of that stuff. You know, I think it's, you know, Quinn Snyder's proven that. But I, I think, I guess what I would say is like, doesn't it seem like it's kind of going that direction like anyway? Like it seems like Travis Schlenk's firing was kind of the, you know, or not, not fire. Uh, he was fired. He was organization. Fired. Yeah, 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 whatever, yeah, yeah, whatever the fuck it was, you yeah. know, like so you have like a new team like this is like landry fields is going to get the chance to like hire his coach yeah like and i think that trey young is going to be like we really might see the cat trey young swap this offseason um which would be one of the funniest trades of all time the the, the cat trey young challenge trade <laughs> um, I, I i guess my question is if that's yeah. the case then why are they even doing this firing right now? Is this is well, this more of a way to salvage the Trey Young situation? Because it seems I, like Trey and Nate hated each other by the end, and well, it's like, but it's so, also Trey's had this with his last coach as well. Well, what you said makes sense earlier, and what the reporting was that like just Nate was fucking tired of it, man. He was, yeah, he probably texted them like, "Look, I am not coming back." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, like, let me go. Let me spread yeah, my wings. Yeah, like I am. Like I left the team like for all-star break i'm you can't drag me back in there man i'm not spending another minute with trey young like <laughs> so please no you have to you, you have, make joe do this shit so because i think that timing is weird because i think if the plan was to fire him at all-star break they would have done it at the beginning yeah. of all-star break to give everyone more prep time they did it at the end of all-star break which makes no sense yeah. um so i don't know i i think that I don't know. I, I think the Hawks can still be salvaged as a team too. Like I think that you can, you could make a Trey Young, Rudy Go. You know, you probably can't get the Rudy Gobert return, but you could make a Rudy Gobert style trade where you get a lot of stuff back and 
they have a lot of good players on that team. You know, I think Trey Young is a lot like, of good young players too. Like, yeah, guys who are still Griffin. developing. Yeah, yeah, Kongwu, uh, like, um, yeah. you know, maybe you could eventually trade John Collins or not. Who cares? Like, <laughs> who cares? You know, at this point, he's yeah. out. He's now outlasted two coaches as well. He's been yeah. on the he's been on the trade box since Lloyd Pierce was coach, That's and crazy. he is still he's going to have a, be on his third coach now, uh, with still being on the trade block. But it's funny you bring up the the trade for Trey thing because we'll talk a little bit about the power rankings in a little bit. But during the power rankings podcast that Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo went had, Bill's take on this was essentially that he doesn't think the market will be there because there are too many teams that already are solid at the point guard position. Also, he hates Trey Young. Keep that in yeah, mind. I was just going to say, I think that's... He hates Trey Young. He hates, and also, the fact that, like, I, I think that uh, Rosillo brought up a good point, which was basically that, you know, with everything that Kyrie has gone through for the past five years he even still had a team that was willing to give up value for him to trade for him on an expiring contract. Whereas Trey is locked up on his contract for the next few years. You know, he might make a lot of money, but he has been the best player on a conference finals team. Even if in retrospect, that looks a little bit fluky. He has been a, the engine of a top five offense. That's the one thing about McMillan here is that like, look, I never liked the DeJounte Trey fit. I thought that the value that they gave up for DeJounte, which was like two first-round picks and a swap, was fine value for a player like him. I've never been a DeJounte guy. I didn't like that fit. I didn't really understand why that was the player that they targeted, but I thought the value was fine for what they gave up. Yeah. But the, the the reality is they now are 17th in offense. Yeah. And that, you know, some of it has to fall on the players, but the, with a more inventive coach like Quinn Snyder or someone that they could maybe bring up through the ranks, you would think that that offense kind of turns itself around a little bit uh, as the, the stretch of the season happens because having Trey young on your team and having the 17th best offense in the NBA is just a a recipe for disaster because Trey's, I know Trey's having a down year, but every time I watch the Hawks, it's very reminiscent to me. And I know I've made the comparison uh, Vibes-wise to the 2019-2020 ers it seems like there's two teams that kind of just from a Sixers fan perspective that have this kind of like redundancy at their best position with the point yeah. guard with Trey Young and Dejounte Murray. A lot of it devolves into ISO ball. There's basically only the pick and roll is, and when that isn't working, they have really nothing else to fall back on. Maybe a, a coach that uses more movement, like when. They had Kevin Herter and Bogdan Bogdanovich at, at the peak of their health. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe a coach that's more creative getting A.J. Griffin involved in the offense, a coach that's more creative with lineups with DeJounte and Trey when they're when one sits that the other one can kind of carry it. Like You've got Sadiq Bey now. You can play small. Like, yeah. you know, like you've got the options, like at all of these positions. Like, they're dev- uh, Rosillo yeah. pointed out, their dev- one through nine is still good. Yeah. They're still – they talked about this on the podcast, and this is why I, I keep not quitting on the Hawks. You like, can't quit even though, even though they have a new coach. You're not yes, even though them. they have a new coach, I still think they're going to be, like, out of the play-in by the end of the season because I, their lineups are still good. If you looked at, like, their, like, data and stuff like that with their starters, like, they're still good. And, like, 
Trey Young is going to like come around at like some point. I think you know Maybe he's just not this bad of a shooter. He just that's isn't. what I'm saying. Like it's yeah. gonna happen at some point. Like I, yeah. I don't know. I. Maybe he really hated Nick McMillan that bad, or Nate McMillan. Like, yeah, well, I, it's possible. Um, I mean, th- the fact is, he is shooting a uh, the lowest since his rookie year from the field, forty two percent. Um, he's also shooting. Uh, he's up to thirty two percent from three. He, his stats are almost identical to his rookie year stats. Yeah. So unless you believe that he has regressed uh, from last year, where he shot thirty eight percent, the year before where he shot thirty four, and the year before that where he shot thirty six, to a thirty two percent three point shooter which i don't think he has because after that really bad start he's even kind of picked it up as the season has gone on um then i don't think that you can really completely say that the the hawks are out and like i have them in one of my tiers that we'll talk about in a little bit but like i i don't see them as anything more than like a frisky play-in team uh I don't really see them as having this. Like, I, I, I have a hard time seeing a world where they can get good enough to get up into that top five or maybe the six seed. And if you get yeah. to the six seed, then maybe you get the Sixers or the Cavs or something in the first round, and you get a favorable matchup. I think Milwaukee will crush them. Yeah. I think the Celtics will crush them. I even think the Sixers would beat them pretty easily this year, to be honest. Uh, and I know that might be, you know, knock on wood with the PTSD that Sixers fans have, but. The reality is the large sample size here we have, regardless of coach, regardless of the the complimentary players, is that there was one time that the Hawks had a nice run and the large sample size shows, other than that, they're a play-in team. They're a a team that's going to be in that 7 to 10 range. They might, you know, uh, win a game or two in the first round against a more superior opponent like they did against the Heat last year. But I, I have a hard time seeing them really making any sort of noise in the playoffs unless they go on some fluky run like they did last time. Like so and and at this point, like there was a lot of weird shit that happened that year. That Knicks team overachieved in the regular season. They got them in the first round. It was the COVID year, so there was not oh, there was uh, you know, even their run to get into the playoffs might have been a little bit fluky. Um, and then the Sixers obviously had their collapse and it's just like, I don't know, but the large sample shows us that this team has flaws and I, I can't help but bring at least some of it back to the star player. I, so all, everything you said is fair. I just, I really do believe in the 16 versus like 18 game or 82, the 16 versus 82 game thing. And I, I, I don't know. I, I, this is why I'm really down on the Grizzlies um, and I don't see them as like a playoff threat. Um, and this is why... I think that Hawks are going to have a chance against a lot of teams because I think if, if you can nail threes and you have a lot of positional versatility like this Hawks team does, I think you've got a puncher's chance in like any playoff series. Like they've got a lot of different lineups they can try in different like formations. Like they have a Kongu, they have Capella, they have like now they have Sadiq Bay, you know, that it's just the shooting is like what's so brutal for them. The Kevin Herter thing is like what pulled the rug out from under them. And if, Sadiq Bay can be, you know, he's not a great three-point shooter, but if he can be better than fucking Justin Holiday, like, you know, that is what you need. Um, Low bar clear. Like, he was really bad this year. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I really, I think maybe with a new coach, like, you know, maybe guys are kind of dogging it because, like, they're sick of, you know, Nate busting their ass every day in practice or something like that. Like, I, I guess – 
you're, everything you said is right. Um, that's probably how this was going to go. I would not write off like the 15% chance that they like beat the Cavs in round one or something like that. Like they jump up and, you know. I guess my thing with the 16 game player versus 82 game player thing with, yeah. with the Hawks and with Trey in particular yeah. is that in the, in the series we saw, we saw him have some really great performances, some really great, great games, even against the Bucks in the Eastern conference finals. He had that amazing game to start off the yeah. Eastern conference finals. The, uh, the Sixers series, he had two or three really, really good games. Yeah. Um, and then obviously in the Knicks series, he was awesome from front to back. He was really terrible at certain points as well, and I don't really think yeah. that gets talked about as much. The Sixers and the Knicks didn't really have anyone who could attack him defensively, but the the Bucks did in that series when he was somewhat healthy, and then the the Heat really did last year, and the Heat fucking killed him offensively. So I wonder how much of a sixteen game player he really is. Now, look he he has he has the Hooper brain. He has yeah. the ability just to go off on any given night and be the best player on the court, even when he's going up against really good teams. But I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a little bit more, I, I have more questions about how far a Trey young led team can go in a regular season. Like I should, yeah. I'm not saying regular season in a regular season, like yes. in a season that doesn't have a bunch of weird, weird variant stuff. shit, yeah. like with the COVID year. So, yeah. and, and look, I like Trey. I think Trey's one of the best offensive players in the NBA still, despite this streak. And I still, I mm. still think that everyone's too, it, it, the, the pendulum always swings way too far. Too, with Trey. too far. Yeah. He's it, like swung, it swung way too far in the positive direction when they got yep. to the Eastern conference finals. And now it's way too far in the negative direction because you, I, right. any, a lot of teams, I swear, and I think there are a few that we could name, but a lot of teams would be lining up if this led to Trey Young being available this offseason. Yeah, that, I think they would. I think they would get something better than the Kyrie package, to be honest. Like, yeah, they definitely the yeah. hundred million percent would get better. Yeah. There's just no way. I mean, they got two good role players and a first round pick. Like, yeah, Trey, Trey's bringing you back something that might be more in like a slightly better version of the DeJounte package just because of the fact that he's already been paid and he's had this down year. If that were the market, I would just keep him if I were the Hawks. I think that I would be trying for more. Look, they're not going to get a KD package, but something in that range is what I would be aiming for. And I, I think that, I think that there, the, the few teams I want to talk about is, the, the, the few things I want to talk about with Trey and like where he could potentially end up. There are three teams that immediately came to mind for me. Houston Rockets. Rockets were number, no, oh, not even joking. Yeah. They were oh, literally yeah. number one for me. If they don't get, <laughs> and if yeah. look, maybe, maybe some of this hardened smoke is real and yeah. whatever. I'm just going to act like it isn't for now, just because to yeah. keep my sanity about the Sixers and to also just yeah. kind of live in a reality. If, if James Harden, wants to go to the team that's been the worst team in the NBA for now three straight seasons, then that that is that is what it is. I and mean, we can't do anything to stop that's, that. That would be so bizarre. I don't understand. There's a lot of really later. legit reporting on that. Like, it's not like it's just bad, the bad MD. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's well, McMahon, who, like, is kind of plugged in. Yeah. Like, you know, he, he doesn't really talk out of his ass as much as he is a Dallas guy, you know? Like, yeah. So that's yeah. so weird. I don't know. Yeah, I'm I, I'm not sure about that, but like mm-hmm. I guarantee you they would Houston because that front office is going to be a lot of under a lot of pressure. If they don't win, if they don't win next year, I think that Raphael Stone gets fired. 
Um, and I think that they're going to be looking for that kind of start. They don't care if he's flawed. They're just, they they've won. They have they have like thirteen wins right yeah, now, dude. That would be like, like that. That's like literally the the worst, the worst team he could go to for both sides. But what like, are you giving up to get Trey though? Like, are you giving up Jalen Green? Because I mean, I personally, I don't think Jalen Green has shown enough in the NBA to be the headliner for a, even a Trey Young package. Like, I, I yeah, look, maybe he'll be, maybe he'll be good one day, but, like, it, are you going to be the team that takes the chance on that giving up your proven star player? Well, and this is kind of what I've been getting at with the Rockets whenever I say that they're kind of in a bad situation. Even their young guys, they have no, like, proven studs. Like, even the Spurs have Vassell, who's, mm-hmm. like, a real guy. Like, even... I think Shangoon's really good. I do. And, and look, maybe yeah. Shangoon does have the problem where when you get into a playoff series because of the defense, but Houston can't be worrying about that right now. And any team that's trading for him, like if it were Shang-Gu- a Shangoon package for the Hawks uh, getting back, like that that yeah. would be more interesting to me. If I think he's the best prospect they have. He, I would agree with that, but I also think that like he's too weird. You know what I'm saying? I think that would scare teams off. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. Versus yeah. like you see Devin Vassell and you're like, okay, Three and D way can score sure. off the bat, you know, like blah blah. Yeah. You, 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 when you see him, it's like, what is this guy? Is he like Jokic? Is he like what the? Is he like? Mark, is, like yeah. is he like? What if Mark Gasol was shitty at defense? Like you know, like <laughs> what, what? What are we? What are we getting here? Like sure. Yeah. You know, so so there's just a bunch of things, but that's funny because I, I was just thinking about like Trey going to like a young team like that that just needs discipline and every already has problems with guys sure. like touching the ball enough and like how fucking volatile that would but you be. get a you get a new coach that maybe Trey likes you get uh Houston cuz Silas is gone after this year there's yeah. no way that he's going to I mean that he, poor man he needs a beer man yeah so i need has, yeah uh, i honestly think he beer. might end up having a worse record than Tr- Brett Brown after his first 3 years at this point. And and Brett Brown was in the peak of the process when he was coaching yeah. here. And so, uh, like, uh, I, I think that that Houston would be interested. I mm-hmm. think uh, some teams that were brought up on there were, I, I, I'm not sure. I don't think Toronto would go this route. I know t- people have brought up Toronto as a team. Houston, Chicago could be interested. I mean, they don't have a ton of picks, but they definitely are in a position where they have to do something and yep. they could be in a position where that is uh, where they feel like that. And then the Knicks, like, you know, look, maybe the Knicks are just going to do what they did with Donovan Mitchell and say the price is too high and walk away. Yep. But at a certain point, the Knicks are going to cash in their chips and yep. Trey, you know, I know the fans have really hated him in New York, but that's because he's on the other team and he killed them in the playoffs. Like, I think Trey in the Garden would be a big. Uh, he they joked that's about fun. it. Like no, like, I, I think that'd be fun. Like yeah. you'd love it. That I think that's a good fit to be honest. Like just yeah. in terms of like, I don't know because you need it because Trey. Uh, to your point, I don't. You're you're not winning the title with Trey Young on your team, probably. Like he probably hard caps you out of that discussion. But if you're a team that is just starved for like a playoff series win or something like that or two. That could be a great guy. I don't know. I think that's a. I think that's a fit. You know, with with yeah. the Knicks. You know, now the Brunson play would with be Jalen Brunson. Yeah. yeah, I was just gonna say that's that's two like, really yeah. small guards and like yeah. At this point, you are you, you. Brunson was such a home run and has been just as good as Trey this year, which is yeah. and you're paying him less money. Like th- there are see, there are things yeah. to consider, but like it's easy to say that now, and then it's easy to say in the off season when you learn what the price is for Trey Young. 
when, uh, you know, Trey is like, once again, I view it as kind of similar to the Donovan Mitchell situation. Now, now Mitchell is, is a better defender, even with some of his defensive issues that he had in Utah. Yeah. He's not quite as hard to build around because of that. And also because right. the fact that like, he's athletic and he can rebound and he can do all that stuff. Like, I think the large majority of people would, would rather have Donovan Mitchell than Trey yeah, Young right now. For sure. But yeah. it's also possible you do the thing where you buy the guy at the, the lowest point of their value, theoretically, and you build them back up to the point where they're the best player on a team that can win a playoff series. And then who knows whether uh, the only issue, and people have talked about it a lot, and they even talked about it on that podcast, was it does seem like players don't really respect Trey like they used to. And that is one issue where, like, if you're trying to get other stars to come, that's where you would start to, like, it doesn't really seem like anyone wants to play with Trey. Like, and it seems like he's kind of rubbed a lot of guys the wrong way. And that's where it could get complicated if you're trying to get a second star or whatever. Can I give you a team name that I think would be very fun, but there's no way it would ever happen? Yes. Um, Toronto Raptors. I said the Raptors, but I said oh, I don't. Would. I said I don't think they would. Like, it's yeah, just not... it would. Yeah, I missed I, that. I missed that you said the Raptors. Yeah, that's I. That's a good fit. They they have the personnel to cover up for his defense, and he could lift their fucking half court offense out of the goddamn toilet where it's been for five years or whatever. So. Someone had a conspiracy theory for me, and and we'll get into yeah. our power rankings in a second. But yeah. someone had a conspiracy theory. Matt, uh, who regularly comes on the podcast, Panasonic Matt, said that. Uh, he said, uh, what if the Raptors blow it up this offseason and they try to go after Bronny James in the next draft and they get Scotty Barnes, Bronny James, and LeBron <laughs> Masai and do a, a retool around and then they just ship off Pascal and OG this offseason and they get a ton of picks back. I, th- I think they're probably looking for some kind of reset like that, you know, probably. The- I think this is going to be, I mean, we still have a lot of this season to go. We're already sure. on the like off season slot, but like I do think that like there's going to be a lot of big names traded this off season and like at the draft, like so yeah. big big slop. Stay tuned for more slop. I guess stay stay tuned for more slop. Stay yeah. tuned right here. All right, let's get into our power rankings. If you want to listen to this part, we're going to go through our thirty two number one in terms of power rankings in the NBA, who can win the title this year. If you want to listen to this part, subscribe to the You Know Ball Patreon. The link is in the description. Uh, and we are going uh, – we're going to talk about Bill and Rosillo as well as they did their own version of this, and we're basically just copying them. But uh, we're going to start up top with the worst teams in the NBA. 